Welcome to the Website Coach Podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs and small business owners that want a winning website, one that attracts more visitors and helps them book more clients. I'm Marie Brown, a website designer and business strategist, and I'll be sharing simple and actionable tips to help you create a winning website. So let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Website Coach Podcast. And this week, I am thrilled to bring you another guest episode. So this week, I'm interviewing Wendy Ross from Tunbridge Accountants. Wendy is a qualified accountant, as you might guess, and she is the founder and owner of Tunbridge Accountants together with her husband. She set up Tunbridge Accountants a few years ago and works primarily with local small businesses. So first of all, welcome, Wendy. Hello. Hi, Marie. I'm really, really excited that, you know, um, I, I can feature today. Oh, I'm, I'm very excited too. So let's kick off with if you could tell us what you do and who specifically you help. I am Wendy and um, I run Cambridge Accountant. Um, I set up this firm because I wanted to, um, I wanted to empower small business owners, knowing their numbers and understanding what's going on behind the business. When a lot of small businesses or friends I speak to, they, they tell me that they can't, it, local high street firms are too, you know, too big for them um, and they are not interested in helping really, really small businesses. Um, but I think, as we all know, small businesses are pretty much a backbone of the UK economy. And um, if you want to help your community thrive, um, that, that's one answer there. And I feel that, you know, I can deliver um, this tool that small business owners um, will feel like, you know, they, they can't get the service, they can't get the help, and um, they're not big enough. But I think that, 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 that there's market in here that can be tapped in um, because um, they... You can get, I, I want to bring um, accounting, um, something like button and um, a bit more like personal um, with that big four um, style of branding almost. I mean, when I say branding, I just mean the professional style of things, you know, like yeah. how we do things and all that. Because we, I come from the big sum um, and I can, I can actually package that um, and make sure I can deliver the price point that my client can afford it yeah. to actually solve their problem. Your story is very similar to mine in terms of setting up um, Beyond the Kitchen Table in that, you know, you have large agencies, but they are not the right people for a lot of small businesses because they're too small, they don't have the budgets and they tend to get yeah. ignored. And there is definitely, you know, a, a gap in the market for other services to be provided yeah. to small businesses who don't want to do it themselves or can't do it themselves for, for whatever reason. Um, it's quite funny because I felt that my, my, from the kitchen table. <laughs> so I just want to summarize. Um, so what we, what I do is, you know, besides, besides empowering um, business owners. So I help ambitious business owners to maximize their profit so that they can enjoy the lifestyle that they aspire. Um, because all these business owners that we work with, most of them, they, you know, they got the idea, um, but let's be honest, nobody wants to spend all the time um, doing uh, bookkeeping or things like they don't understand about. Like, I don't want to do web, ask me website hosting. I don't know what that is. I'd rather pay someone to do it because I want to be able, you know, to take my kids out for a walk or, to, you know, to a show in London. My clients are usually small business entrepreneurs with ever between I think we found a sweet spot. It's about two hundred thousand pounds to four million pounds. These business owners, 
they see a great value in collaborating with a with a finance partner like like me because I can just look after the finance area where they go and do the, the business part. And looking back to when you started, you know, starting up your own business can be you you set out on this adventure and you you don't quite know what's around the corner. And you know what are, what were some of the challenges and difficulties that that you faced when you started? I think it was, um, there's a couple of challenges. The first one would be finding clients. Um, I don't really know where to, to get people, you know, um, I didn't inherit this business from anyone. I think you, you quite quickly see who your friends were almost because I go out and tell them this is what I'm planning to do. Um, some people are just like, oh, okay, good luck. I'll stand from the side and watch you. But I had five friends who said, I believe in what you're doing. Um, I really want to give you an opportunity and I really want to support you. We, I said, I'll set up a firm, limited company, you know, I try and like do this. Uh, so I think that the challenge is starting out would be, you don't really know where, I don't know where to find clients. That was really difficult. Um, and I think from what I've learned now, is you don't know what you don't know. So you, you go out, set, you know, you go out, you set up this firm, um, but you're constantly learning and every day you find yourself in, you, you, you're, not in a very, you're not in a comfort zone for a very long time. You're always coming out of it um, because that just means it, it signifies growth and finding out about something. Oh, you do that. I didn't know we could do that. Um, but I think COVID helped because we were in contact with a lot of accountants in the industry. And there was a lot of people who are willing to share. And um, there were a lot of accounting mentors, um, coaches, or um, really, really high um, uh, ambitious people, like CEO of little companies and stuff. They were all coming out and said, you know, we want to help you. We want to share, you know. Um, and from there, you tap into this network and you start to, you know, you start to realize. And it wasn't about, if I were to compare myself with another local firm here, it, you know, it, I'd, be, I'd be okay. I wouldn't have so much to worry about. But I compare what we do in other services, in other industries. So that makes it like, oh, you, you raise the, the, the bar quite high um, because there's so much more you feel you can actually do which you're not doing. Um, so I think, I think things like that, you know, is it, quite, it, it depends on how high level standard you want to set to. Um, and then... I think the other challenges, the, the other big challenge as well, it took a while to get to work. Your who, like, mm. who are the ideal clients? I mean, I didn't even know. You think you know when you start, but then when you first start from five clients, how are you going to be doing things that come in versus actually thinking, are you my ideal client um, or not? Whether you are ideal for them or not, that's, that's also another very, very important thing. But, you know, and... I've made a lot of mistakes along the way. Um, we all have. <laughs> over-delivering, yes, I can do that, you know, and there, there's, there's so many things, um, pricing and then working with people that you don't want to work with, you know, but I think it's tough. I haven't devised a proper questionnaire yet, but if I could, if I could see a bit of like, you know, telltale signs and stuff, I'd avoid them. Mm. But sadly, you don't actually get that until you have a couple more interactions and then people maybe get start to get a bit more comfortable and you know yeah. then you see but 
I am very consciously, I step away from, if, if that happens during the relationship, the working relationship, we, 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 we step down. Yeah. No, it's interesting. I think being able to find the red flags early on is something that you can only ever learn with time. And certainly, you know, and like you say, finding clients, that's obviously the biggest issue most business owners have is finding clients, not just finding clients, but finding a steady flow right of clients. clients. And the right clients. And the right but, clients. Yeah, yeah, I think to me now, um, my, the most important thing is that the client needs to share the same value that we, that we share. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred, hundred percent, and um, and that's something that you you learn. Um, I don't yeah. think many people actually get that right off the bat. Certainly, I didn't. It, it took me a while to learn who I could be working with and also where to find them. Um, and I want to come on to finding clients in a, in a in a minute. But before I do that, I just want to talk about accounts for small business owners uh, first of all. And it's something that many people. Uh, one of the first things that they look to outsource is their accounts, and so why should somebody use a professional? And also, if they are, have decided to outsource, what should they look for in choosing one? And I know it's, it's a mutual decision. It's not just you choose your accountant, but obviously the accountant's going to feel that you're the right client for them as well. Firstly, we got to applaud those people who choose to outsource because, you know, they, they've seen a little bit of that light. So, great stuff. It's, I, I always say, right, this is, you know, this is me trying to DIY my own extension. Um, a few things could go wrong or everything. Imagine that. I mean, accountants are, um, accountants slash your finance budget and stuff. They are investments. Um, we have saved our client money, sleepless night, stress, headache. I don't even know how you're going to quantify that. Or even if, you know, if I took away the bookkeeping from you, um, and you get to, you know, take your kids to football and stuff like that. Um, you pay me the bookkeeping, but genuinely, how much are we saving you? It's not about just the money for the bookkeeping. It's, there's a lot more um, value attached to that. So if you outsource what you should look out for, I think that the basic bit would be to look out for their qualification, like um, the registered bodies, like ICW or ACCA. Uh, I, I'm an CPA, so I've been a member um, oh. Over ten years, you you um so with ATCA, but the firm um my family is registered with ICW um just because my husband is with ICW so he's lazy and um the license is under his name. So, um, but that that is more of, you know paper just because you know that if there's anything wrong, there's something you know you can go back to the body that you're attached with and you know. Out of work out in at least you know that they follow the ethics and the guidelines. Um, but um, most importantly, you need to be able to speak to your accountant um, to get to know them. So what I feel is because this is fine, personal finance is it's almost like a health section of your business or yourself. It's very personal as well. So I feel like it's not a case of you, you know you're filling a form. Or you email a person and said, so and so, how much does it cost to do this? You know, it's so personal. Um, it's a, you, you want to speak to the person, the company, and you want to make sure that this is why we offer a discovery call. A lot of people think, you know, I'm just going to go there and ask the price. But what we do is I'm, I have a few questions, um, which I'm actually filtering to find out whether you are right for me. And if I, most importantly, I can add value to your business. 
if I cannot add value and you're not the right person, we will say, no, we, um, sorry, we can't help you. Yeah. Um, because there is so much emphasis being put on, you know, how much my accountant saved me, um, you know, what I can do, how I grow my business and stuff. And I think it all goes back to the value. If, if my value, you know, is to add, to add value to our clients and make an impact, I want to make an impact. I can't make an impact if there's nothing for me to do. Yeah. I got this info from, from Stella, actually. I know she's been on your podcast. Yes, she has. That's Stella McCrane from Fine Styling. Yeah. And I work with her when I didn't have a clue what I was doing with my life. I was just um, post-pregnancy and stuff. But I thought that tiny thing she did, right? It was just, you know, like say styling for them, but giving people that confidence. She gave, then I realized like, wow, she's made a huge impact to me personally. I want to deliver that sort of impact to um, the clients I work with. I used to work with big firms, KPMG, HSBC. I was just a number. It didn't matter if I didn't turn up because someone else would replace me. There was no impact there. So I, I want to create that personal impact. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. And what are the biggest mistakes that you see people making with their business or talking from an accountant's point of view here with their, with their finances or with their numbers? Um, I think we can, I think that the, the first one would be, you've got to give it to the DIY heroes, I call them, um, where I'm doing my own bookkeeping, but it's always wrong and they always ask you, how do I post this journal? This doesn't tie, can you do this? Or, you know, when they say, I have clients, I think when, when I first started, I have clients who say, I'm going to do my own that return, so I don't need your help with it. And then subsequently, you always get questions like, oh, can, can you, this is the back one. Can you just have a look through for me to make sure I've, I'm not going to underpay or overpay my back? I don't have the power of looking through without spending any time to be fair. Mm. Um, and I'm like, you know, and then you realize like, no, I've got to check the whole thing. Um, I could, that's a, that's a nine item there. I can, you know, I can charge for just review. Um, which is going to be far more expensive than doing it myself in the first place because I know what I'm doing. Um, so there are, there are things like that. I really don't know why they just wouldn't want to go for a coffee or a glass of wine at the weekend to be fed and trying to attend this and actually not saving very much money. Um, that, that's one, um, you know, whether they don't use a, they, they don't, whether they try and do their own bookkeeping or whatever, so some people don't do, don't use accounting software. You'd be surprised how many limited company, um, you know, business owners, they don't use software. Um, they might not even use Excel. They might not even have records. That's, that's quite, that's quite a scary one that you see. Um, then the second one would be not separating their business and um, personal finance. Oh, yeah. So, you know, there's two categories there. One where they don't have a business bank account. So everything is just run through their personal. And then you, you tell them, like, this is all direct loan account um, and all the tax implication. And, you know, people don't get, they're not happy. And, and the second one would be people who treat the business company account as their personal account. That, that's quite dangerous too. Yeah. It's one of the big reasons why businesses fail, i.e. not managing a cash flow. So I feel using an accountant only at year-end or for year-end purpose is outdated. I'm not selling that product anymore. If clients say we just want a year-end person, I say you'll find another firm that's going to do it because I don't have superpower to make it fluffy and say, 
it's okay. It's not okay. And I don't want to be the bearer of bad news every time. And knowing in heart, like, oh, if you've spoken to it, it's better not to say, you, if you've spoken to us, you could have done this. It's better not, not to. So I moved away from, from year end. We changed our pricing to a subscription monthly basis model where, where we're selling it, you having the access to us to ask questions. Yeah. And we look after you throughout the year. Um, so that is so, so important. And we provide business advisors too, um, which I sometimes quite surprised at the beginning. We had clients who pay business coaches and they come and ask us their homework and say, I need this to stay. What do I do? And I was like, you, you don't want to spend money with her, but I could give you the advice for free. <laughs> I talk to my clients on a, a monthly basis or regular basis and say, look, you need to revise your pricing. This doesn't work. In the industry, this is what people are paying. You need to up your game. And it takes a bit of time, but recently I had a client who just said to me, I've taken your advice on board. Thank you so much. I've, more, I've done this, this, this. And with this money, I'm able to upgrade my um, machineries and to deliver better service and, you know, and make my work quicker, give my client more pleasant experience. Uh, so, you know, we don't sit there and just look and say, you're pricing too low and just keep quiet about it. I'm not ashamed to go out and tell clients and say your business model doesn't work. I think it's, it's so, so key. If you don't have a finance function on your own team, then speak to us. We have this virtual finance where clients don't have to worry about recruiting the right bookkeeper, the right accountant, paying, you know, paying the salary holidays and stuff. They don't need to. So I think, yeah, I think that that ties in alongside with, you know, not spending enough money on your finance function. That is so important. I think it's really something that you don't want to underinvest in your business because it, you know, the, the end game is failure. So, yeah, I, I mean, there's 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 a more immediate um, issue which a lot of people probably focus on, which is that the tax man comes after them. Um, but like you say, there's an end game where you know the, the finances are in such a state that they just can't survive. And I guess you know what you offer is more like a finance director function rather than just as an accountant. Hopefully, this method, what we're doing. It's going to ensure more survival in their smaller business. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you're, you're one of my website clients um, yep. and have been for quite some time. Why did you decide you needed a new website and why did you decide to use me? Um, I, I've kind of DIY'd <laughs> my, um, my own, um, uh, it was a Squarespace one. And, you know, it's, it's a bit like when people sell um, QuickBooks and Zurensit. You just did, you just need this software, you'll be that you'll be fine, but it's not it's not. Um there, there are a lot of limitations too, you know. Um I I did I did it on my own. Um I did the SEO work on my own. Um actually I didn't do too bad with the SEO to be fair. Um but I there was so it was quite limited to what I I wanted to showcase or talk about. Um and then I realized we didn't I think just within six months um of starting the business. The, the tone or the, the message that I wanted to send out was totally different. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I have seen you for a while. So Adam being, you know, local, another, another mom with similar entrepreneurial journey and things, I, that, that resonates a lot with me. And I love nothing but to, you know, to support another local business. Yeah. And I always say there's so many talented people around her. And I, I really like what you do as well. Um, the websites are fantastic. And um, it's quite funny because that was the time where you did the website. Yes, I did. Yes. 
we, we connected totally. Um, you know, you look for a legal connection, right? And I think my husband probably I struggled a bit with, with, with him because he, he was like, it's new website. It's not, you know, the very accountant is like, it's at least three years plan. <laughs> and then, you know, we, we update. I'm like, without growing it, um, it's no longer, you know, that little kitchen table thing. Um, and he was like, okay, fine. Um, put a new one. I was like, yeah, it would be good one have three years. I'm pretty sure. But I know sometime earlier this year, we're like, no, it's nothing to do with your website. It's just, again, the, the, the brand, the voice, the tone. Like I say, we're moving away from the, from the whole year end thing. I want people to be able to, um, look at it and just say, oh, oh yeah, that's me. That's me. That's me. Oh, they can help me. And I feel like we, I haven't got an office on the high street, so my website is my shop window. Absolutely. And I need to make it, you know, to, it has to really reflect what my, what my brand, what, what I represent. It does. And it has to, it has to reflect where you want your business to be, not necessarily yeah. where it is now and certainly not where it was six months ago. And I, I do remember you saying at the time that your husband was not convinced about the need to buy a new website um, because your old one, your, your current one was not that old. But yeah. actually, if it's not representing where your business, you want your business to be or where your business is now, then it's not doing its job. And it's, it's you know, a good website should give a, a good return on investment. And what difference has your new website, a thing you're new, I know we're about to do it again, which I'm going to come on to. Um, but when you first got your new website, what difference did it make to your business? Um, I'd say increasing the discovery call um, to generate more inquiries. We have more, you know, call to actions. I know, I know you, you advise me to put in things like, um, testimonials, but I think the ease of booking a discovery call, finding about what we do, um, where they can find us. I think that the current website, it talks a bit about what we are like and, um, how we do business and things. So I think it, it People find it quite easy because they get a lot of discovery calls. But um, again, that one will constantly change because we make it easy for people to have discovery calls. People use it as a tool to price shop. Mm. Um, so I could changing things like, you know, my filter questions in, in, in the booking form because if it's not right, we will basically will contact you and say that we'll cancel the meeting because you're not the right fit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You want the quality of the people coming through on the discovery calls to be high. It's not just the number that you want because yeah. if you're getting a lot of calls with people who are not your ideal clients, then that's just a waste of your time and it's a waste of theirs right. as well. Yeah, because, you know, you, you I want to know how much before I buy. Um, and it's good to be able to give people the access to like, oh, come talk to me for 15 minutes. You know, let's see, let's see if we are good fit and stuff. Um, but at the same time, then you, you make it so easy that people can reach out to you versus you cannot get an, uh, a friendly chat with a local high street accountant. I'm pretty sure um, you you would be too daunted to actually tap the, the glass window and say, can I have some meeting with someone? No one's going to entertain you. Um, so that's the working out what is best, what is not best. But that's why, you know, if I can define who my clients are a bit better, maybe they could just like, almost look at it and take and take it's like yep that's me that's me oh I didn't fall into that no I'm not going to contact them I was going to say I think you would probably answer the question but I'm going to ask it anyway which is that you know we are in the in the middle of changing as we record this episode we're in the middle of changing your website again um because you know 
as I've already said, I think your bit, your website needs to reflect the business you want to have. So I don't think people should ever worry about changing your website as your business evolves. It's, you know, it's always a work in progress. Um, yeah. but, so why did you decide it needed another update? I wanted it to be more customer-focused okay. because the third website, version one, was about, hi, this is Wendy. Wendy can do this. And then a bit more about, you know, working mum in the network journey sort of thing. And, um, and then version two, it was more, hi, this is Wendy. And these are the long list of services that we provide. This mm-hmm. is all we, what we can do. Um, for con- so, you know, and we're not your usual accountants. We, 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 we're dynamic. We're not your number crunchers. We, we love talking to clients. We love to help them and stuff. And then now version three is going to be, it's not going to be, hi, this is Wendy. It's like, are you this, 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 this. And your business, are you, are you, are you on zero? Um, are you, are you a business of, you know, between two, um, 200,000 plus or 4 million pounds? Are you, most importantly, a very ambitious business owner that sees the value of having this business partner, finance business partnership? Um, so you're going to be like, okay, yeah, I've got all that. Cool. Oh, yes, I'm, I'm frustrated. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have my numbers. I don't know if I can pay my tax, my payee, that bill. Okay, yeah. No, and who are these people? Oh, who's Wendy? Oh, she can. Okay, fine. Yeah, that's the call. It's a bit more like, I knew this. Yeah. And this is how we want to add value to your business. The other, the other conversation I remember having quite clearly when we were doing version two of your website was trying to get clear on who you worked with, <laughs> yes, which was a bit of a struggle. Um, but but that is something that's a that's journey. I couldn't um, I couldn't put when you said I know I remember one of your pages was like cool, Marie, I don't know, and I like have you, have you said that I, I remember you teasing me so badly for that I was like I I don't know what to put in really um I don't know I just don't know. <laughs> You've become a lot clearer on that now. And again, that's something that some people do set out knowing exactly who they want to work with. Sometimes that changes. It certainly did with me. Um, And then other people just discover it with time because you work out the people that you actually can help the most, the people you enjoy working with, and then others who you can't help as much or actually you don't enjoy working with. So it is very much something that that doesn't evolve. And, And to me, that's been great to see actually that you've become so much clearer on who you work with and who you could help. And therefore, the website now can reflect that much more clearly and actually, you know, help deliver those clients to you. Uh, yeah, I think it's creating that message for, for these clients, you know, and it is so, I think knowing the who, you know, and I think knowing the who, one thing, and how, which, finding where, which kind of clients or business size that we can add value or most value to, and also the sweet spot for us as a business. Um, because, you know, I have, it, it, you get conversations like, I turn over 30 grand or I've made a loan. Do I still have to pay you to follow my account? And I'm like, I'm so sorry, but if you've gone to say, um, you know, McDonald's or wherever, order steak or anything or a burger, whether your business was, your business made a loss or profit, you still have to pay like three pounds for a happy meal. So mm. just the fact that you didn't pay yourself and you've made a loss, it doesn't mean I should do it for free or it, it doesn't work. I, it, it's funny that people say to you, that it's different. It's just, it's just makes me laugh. It, it's, it's really, really difficult. Um, but you know, it's version three, it's to highlight 
our change in the direction about, you know, we, we just more more focused and, you know, we get a bit more clarity to who we want to serve. Yeah. Um, bit more clarity even that, you know, that's why I will be chosen to niche again um, in my other project. Yeah, I was going to say, let's, let's, let's touch on that briefly as well, because having decided where you want Tunbridge accountants to go, you've now decided also to set up a second accountancy firm. So tell us a bit more about that. Um, I set up this new little venture, which is called Bridge, and it's to support um, Kickstarter investment company. So it, it will have a bit of a life, uh, a life cycle where we, where we want to target and help it. But um, the, the essence of this niche is to help startup businesses. Um, the only danger I need to clarify is like, it's not about starting up. Like, you know, I've been, I've been selling um, on Etsy or not on a high street and then I'm now selling on a website. It's not that sort of startup. It's more of like you're in business for a couple of years. You've got this great idea and stuff and you, you know, you need extra funding to take it to the next level. So I, I say startup and setting this up because I have a passion in that because my firm is a startup. Uh, and I feel very passionate about it and I feel I can actually, I've seen the journey. I've done the journey and I want to help people get there. Um, and these are the kind of businesses where, you know, they, they benefit so much where we can start doing things like virtual FD, where, you know, they've got only budget for like, I've only got budget for two days, FC or FC, but I need all this report and things to deliver that. And we're like, yes, we can. Mm -hmm. um, cash flow, you know, forecast, budgeting and things. I think that that would help me use uh, or apply my skills from the bigger firms where, you know, we're dealing more with stakeholders than um, external parties. Startups are so exciting because they are. You, yeah, and you, you get that thrill, you know, um, like uh, even I think Tamiji Counters got a little bit of that whole startup thing where I will tell my clients and I said, you grow, we grow. Um, instead of setting up pen businesses on the high street, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this because I want to be part of your businesses. And I'm a bit, I'm still an accountant at heart, so I'm a bit more reserved. Um, watching people do it is a bit better than, you know. Yeah. But the, the beauty of it is, you know, I have plans, I have ideas, but I just haven't, like for me, I don't have time yet and that much of capital. But I've got plans because I've seen people doing it. I know what works and what doesn't work. But, you know, having been through that journey yourself, like you say, of, of starting up, you can just... It is quite a different journey. And I think when you come from certainly a corporate background or a public sector background, you, you said originally, you don't know what you don't know. So having somebody yeah. on board who has been through that is, is enormously helpful. Can we move on to talk about marketing? Um, and I know we touched on this originally. How have you found clients beyond your initial size for your business? Um, initially worked. Um, but five friends of mine and a bit of work now. I think a, a couple of local networking, but um, I very quickly found, you know, I didn't really feel that was the sort of right crowd or I haven't found any good tribes yet or my tribes through this networking. Um, and it has always been like, you know, word of mouth, um, Google search because of our, um, our SEO. Yes. I've been quite lucky to just sort of like at least bit some stuff. But I, I hang out quite a lot on the high street and, and people see me and it's quite nice that, you know, people feel like, and I think it's very slow growth. Like 
you plan the tea and you'd be surprised that people say to you, like, I'm not ready now. Or like, oh, I wasn't ready two years ago, but I already, I already know you. And I have clients who like, I know you, but it's almost like I'm just waiting for things to blow up with my existing accountant or more things to go wrong. You, you'd be surprised at how great tolerance level people have um, until things really, really, really go wrong. And then they're like, yep, you're the person I'm coming to you. Can you take me on? So I think I got a couple um, on Instagram as well to sort of just build the brand profile. Um, but apart from that, I, I don't do advertising or I don't, I need to, uh, this year, especially couple, you know, thing with your marketing course that you've won, I just decided like, actually, this is something we need to do because before you feel a bit like marketing, you just a bit more like, you know, like hot, it, it's a bit hot air, like, you know, you just, yeah, or, it can but, feel quite sleazy. Yeah. Yeah. The idea of marketing. Yeah. Now what I want to actually do is. You know, I don't really call it so much marketing, but creating content to actually showcase or try and bring value to people who don't know things and what we do. Um, because I think because they haven't really got a product to sell sort of thing or to, to you know, show people, this is my client's account, this is how we transform, you know, this is a bank account, they've got 20 grand. But it gets a bit more challenging. You almost have to um, create that content, put it out and show and tell people how you actually, how you've done it. Because I think this industry was before a bit more like closed doors where people don't talk about anything. And you'd be surprised a lot of clients wouldn't really think about you as well because people just feel like it's very personal, it's very private. And that, that concern, like mm, what if, what if they talk and it, it you know, we're bound ethics, so we can't say anything, but yeah. I and I know that. I've certainly seen since you joined the marketing memberships that the the change in your content certainly that you're putting out on Instagram which is where I follow you most albeit sometimes on LinkedIn as well the 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 change in the content that you have been putting out has been quite remarkable and and I think you've had good feedback haven't you from putting that out yeah I have I'm just trying to you know work a bit more uh on the business um rather just in it and but it's quite it's quite good because I think there are times that people tell you need to tell people what you're doing you need to tell people how you help clients but you can just hear it, but if you don't take action, right? So mm-hmm. it just comes to me, this is like, you know, these are the stuff which I'm going to work on. And I put some stuff on where I sometimes feel a bit like, like, it's a bit basic. And then you get the comments and say, oh no, that's such a good thing. But yeah, the feedback is great. I have friends who ask me things like, um, I love the content, um, you know, hold you out of true. And I was like, I mean, it's, it's really your voice. I'm like, yeah, because it's me. You said that. Um, I'm going to get a team member to help me. So, but I just feel like it will be good to already have that message and people know exactly what you're saying, because I still feel like, you know, it still needs to come out from, from me. So I'm going to use this as a, as a massive area for us, for, for me, um, to raise my profile and to actually help me to find better clients that I can help. Yeah, definitely. And it ties in very well with the website as well, because, you know, social media is obviously SEO is a very good way of getting people to your website, but also social media is as well, because people will see you on social media and they'll be interested in what you post. And then when they go to find out more, that's when they go to the website. So actually the two work very nicely hand in hand. So putting out, yeah. you know, good quality content on, on social media, which, you know, certainly seeing, seeing you do and it's, you know, and it's great. And I must admit, I thought you'd outsourced it as well. Um, <laughs> and, and there's nothing wrong with doing that, but you're right. No, the message fine. has to come from you. 
that it's very difficult to outsource the messaging. You've got to send the yeah. messaging. Yeah. And then so the actual if graphics. I didn't know who, if I didn't know who my who was, I, you know, so in a way, I feel like it's not late for me to dabble marketing now because I got more clarity on who I want to serve and who can benefit from me. If I did it two years ago, it would just be like whatever everyone's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, your course is ex- exceptionally helpful. Um, it just provides that it, it, it's such, it, it, it's amazing, Maria. I think, I think the, the, how you've made out the structure, the, the content plan and things that, you know, how you've actually helped small business owners like us or, you know, just feels like, it just feels a bit like, like, what do I post? What do I do? It, it, sometimes we really have that, but you cannot identify or how to group the stuff that you're doing you know yeah I think applying it to you is often the harder bit and that's where having a small group of people who actually know you not just me but others who are also in the in the membership and actually you know I think it's great sharing ideas um and people yeah I think I should get like member of the year award Marie maybe like a brunch or something (laughs) not not improved member (laughs) I was going to say, there are a few, though, that are doing incredibly well on it. So, uh, you know, you've got competition there, Wendy, you know. Okay. <laughs> I would do a bit better. I'll aim a bit better. Brilliant. And before we get on to our final couple of questions, can you just mm-hmm. explain where people can find you, uh, your website and, and your social media? Um, I hang out a lot of it on, uh, on the coffee shop in High Street, but that's not social media. No. <laughs> uh, I think Instagram is my favourite platform because... I feel quite comfortable on there. Um, LinkedIn, I get a bit like nervous breakdown, normal anxiety when I hit post and I'm like, ooh, how many people are upset or how many people will hate it? It's a bit like that where Instagram, I feel a bit more like, you know, I think people know me and hopefully they like me a bit. And then, you know, the only thing I get sometimes is like, you're on there again. Yeah, just, just engage with me or buy something from me and then I'll stop bothering you but you know they really laugh at me I spoke to my friend's husband so funny he was like oh I love what you're doing I just want to sign up well, where do I find them I was like you haven't got a company mate he's like yeah that's true I haven't got a business that, that's true yeah but I just want to buy you know <laughs> I am on LinkedIn as well I'm, again I'm trying to create a bit more um, messaging or uh, you know uh, trying to see if I can create value there but uh, I've got Facebook too, but I just find it so dead at the moment. Um, and to be honest, I've got a couple of clients that come through Facebook going, no, not clients, inquiries, and they are not their sort of business, they're sort of people I want to work with. So I think I'm going to kind of abandon it and just do that one in a few months update sort of thing just to kind of show it there. Um, then the website temperaturecounter.co.uk and I want to do a bit more regular blogging sort of thing so that we can make it more helpful to prospective clients. And um, I'll put the links to all of those platforms in the show notes um, so people can find them there. So final couple of questions. Which are your favourite podcasts to listen to? Doesn't have to be business related. The old business. um, (laughs) That's fine. I I like the Diary of a CEO. Oh, yes. I'm a lover of that one as well. Yeah, uh, Transform Your Profit by Reza. Um, he's, my, he's my coach. He helped us shape on a lot of um, what I've done this year. Um, and your website coach, I think, is great. 
Ah, so thank you. I can say people it. listen to that, they're listening to this. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I still remember uh, that one and that was like, wow. So I think it's funny because after that, then I was like, oh, it'd be quite nice to be on that podcast one day. Um, so there we are. We've, we've, like, we've, we've met your ambition. <laughs> I know, but then I was like, I still haven't got the invite yet. I think it's the right timing with the marketing and, you know, just knowing a bit better what, what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, what's your favorite business book? Um, Oversubscribed. Oh, who's that one by? Daniel Priestley. Oh, okay. I might have to add that one to my list to um, uh, read over Christmas. I only tend to read business books during holidays. So I read a load in August and then, uh, yeah, Christmas holidays, I'm planning to read. Uh, read some more. Um, I think this one is great cool. That by James Ashworth, so he's helped I've shaped a lot where I'm right now as well. Um, again, it's the beauty of being able to connect to small business owners. It's just so, so generous in helping. And it, it's not just about how to sell and stuff. It's about the mindset, which is really, really key. Oh, absolutely. And it's actually, it's really good to get recommendations of business books, which are not the ones by the large, well-known authors, because actually I find that you think there are some real hidden gems. And, you know, if I go back, I can't remember the author, but one of the very first business books I read when I set up this business was called Valuable Content. And it's by two local content writers based in Bristol. And I got so much value out of that book. And it was quite different to a lot of the bigger business books. Um, I think because they weren't so well known, sometimes the quality is is actually higher. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's always good to find uh, find different ones. Um, like Selling to Serve by Jim Beffert. It's quite funny because then he wrote Uncat. Um, but he took a, a group of accountants through the journey um, and then he made a book out of it. So that, that was our journey and it was, it's very personal, you know, and I've got both books signed by him, met him. So it's not just, you just feel more um, personalized about it rather than I've picked up this book on the shelf. Someone told me to read this. Oh yeah, I've read points. Or I've got this, you know, I, I tend to write the few actions that I get from, from a message from a book. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go and apply that. I might not, sometimes I don't get through the whole book, but I'm a bit more of like giving a read for a person. Sometimes unless I get really drawn into it. Yeah, and and like anything, taking action is the is the most important thing to do because you can you can read and you can learn to your heart's content, but if you never have any been into action, then it's completely wasted. Well, not, maybe not wasted, but it's it's not going to do your business any good if you're if you're just reading. Yeah. Um. And finally, a bit of advice for anybody running their own business. Um. What would you say? Um. I say focus on what you do best. Find a great business partner or accountant to collaborate with. Take it as a partnership. It, we, it's not. It's not a team. It, it, we're not HMRC. Um, we want you to do well because I would tell my clients, you do well, I do well because the fees get bigger because there's more work to, to be involved in. So you know, we want you to do nothing but go bigger. And sometimes it's not about saying, you know, um, you want to pay an tax. All the conversations like, oh, I want to pay an tax, but come on, I I tell my clients like, yeah, you're paying more tax than you did last year, but you've made more money and it's the right thing to do. Um, there's no point of. I think it's almost the same part. It's a pleasure to be able to pay more money. It just means that you are going the right direction. Yeah. Um, obviously, tax efficient. That's one big thing. But it's not about paying less tax. And um, I think advice would be: you really need to have your 
open record up to date. And the second will be you need to plan your cash flow to ensure you have enough working capital to run your business. Um, the third one would be don't mess around with the HMRP. Play their money. You know, the fat paying corporation tax. Set it aside, put it away, um, just don't touch your money. And if you pay for one thing, submission of returns is another thing. They're linked now. And if you pay late, you get in the naughty list. And then, you know, you get all the escalated interest plans and pay. So just, just, just don't do that. And never, never, never spend your money on behalf of, like, oh, I'll, I'll buy that. I'll buy the oven or I'll, you know, or I'll, or I'll buy that furniture. Just, just don't do it. Mm. Oh, brilliant. That's great advice. And thank you very much, Aunt Wendy. That's been a great discussion. And um, hopefully everybody listening has uh, got a lot out of it. Thank Thanks, you Wendy. Much. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow or subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes. And I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review. That makes a massive difference as to whether Apple shows my podcasts more widely. And head over to my website, beyondthekitchentable.co.uk, where you can find all the ways you can work with me, whether you're just starting out, looking to grow your business or scaling it. And see you next week.